Thanks to everyone for joining us today. This is a live Omnitalk special report webinar brought to you, of course, by Anne Mazzini and Chris Bowman on behalf of Omnitalk, one of the fastest growing blogs in retail. And today we are excited because we are joined by Ali Ahmed, the CEO and co-founder of Robomart, a company that we think is very important to learn more about, especially within the context of all that is going on right now. So Ali, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Anne, Chris. Really appreciate it and, and look forward to being here. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's fun. We first, I got it. I think I'm try, we were talking before we got started. I mean, I think you and I first came in contact probably, I think it was 2017. I mean, it was, it was a while ago. So we're talking almost three years. Uh, we've actually interviewed you before for our podcast, which if everyone, anyone wants to give that a listen, that's a, that's a great interview. One of our, our all-time favorites, actually one of the, we've gotten some great feedback on it over the years and that's why we wanted to have you back. But you're, you're, whole story, who your company is, your background is really interesting. And so for anyone that isn't familiar with you, isn't, hasn't listened to that podcast, let's say, tell us a little bit about who you are, what's your background, what is Robomart conceptually, and then we'll talk about where it sits into this whole COVID-19 thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Appreciate it. And likewise, I think that was a fantastic podcast that we did um, at, at Shop Talk. Um, and so, yeah, I'm the founder and CEO of Robomart. Uh, my background has been in on-demand delivery, but I'll start at the beginning. I started my career at Unilever, where I managed a $50 million brand. I was also part of a small team at GSK that launched 21 products within a year. Um, I've worked in tech. I worked at Groupon, looking after strategy and analytics. And then in 2011, I started my first startup in London uh, around video messaging technology. And then over, over um, uh, a few years later, in 2015, I launched what at the time was the fastest on, uh, on-demand delivery startup, uh, the fastest growing. It was called Dispatch Messenger. And you could request products just by sending a message and we would find, buy and deliver it within the hour. And you know the, the company was growing really rapidly, but even though grocery was our largest category, we faced one central problem was that our customers did not trust our dispatchers to pick their perishable groceries for them. It's so visceral. They want to touch it, feel it, see it, check ripeness and check the expiry date. And they don't get that with delivery. And so I moved to the U.S. to, to found Romart. And I found my, my co-founders, one who had worked with me at, at Unilever about 14 years earlier, who had the idea. Uh, he used to be in the ice cream division and he wanted to recreate the ice cream delivery model. for oh, I didn't for know that part. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so Imad, Imad my, our co-founder and chief strategy officer, uh, used to work with me about four, 14 years ago now, I think. Um, okay. And then we, we sat on the idea. We did nothing with it. But <laughs> as you can imagine, we've been thinking about the space for a very, very long time. Uh-huh. And our third co-founder, we found uh, um, Tigran um, after we moved to the U.S. And uh, we, were, we were debuting at CES 2018. And right before then, he, he found out about us through an article. And Tigran has spent six or seven years building autonomous robotics. Um, his previous company, RoboCV, out in Russia, uh, they built autonomous forklifts and warehouse robots. And so he's built up a lot of expertise in that space. And so, you know, I'm proud of the fact that, that we have varied experience in our co-founding team in on-demand delivery, in food and ice cream retailing, and also in autonomous robots and vehicles. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, 
you know, I'll talk a little bit about Robmart and then, you know, maybe we can, we can get. Yeah. I, I think that'd be great. I think that's, I think that's a good background. I think, you know, you guys have a unique blend of experiences in terms of why you're trying to attack the market. So yeah. What, what is Robomart conceptually then based on everything you just said? Yeah. So Robomarts are automated mobile mini marts that consumers can hail with a single tap. And when it arrives, they get to shop checkout free for the freshest groceries right at their doorstep. So it's not delivery. It's a new category that we call store hailing. Just like ride hailing, the idea is you tap a button and hail the store to you. Um, and that has two distinct advantages. Store hailing has two distinct advantages over delivery. Okay. Number one, you get to pick and choose your own perishable goods right at home at your doorstep, and which you don't get with delivery or pickup. And number two, uh, because we're not delivering an order, we deliver the store effectively, a mini mart. Um, we can do significantly more deliveries an hour, orders an hour than traditional delivery. And so it becomes one of the fastest ways that you can get your shopping done in minutes rather than waiting the average an hour for, for delivery. And so that's, that's what Robomart is in a nutshell. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, um, we started the company end of 2017 when we initially had a conversation when we were just concept stage and I reached yeah. out to you to get your advice. And, uh, and we've come a long way since then. So walk us through that. What is, so in your mind and your vision, because I think this is going to be really important in terms of how we talk about what's happening right now, trying to set the stage for that. In your mind, I'm a consumer. I'm sitting at my, in my house. I want to order some groceries. What am I doing? And then what happens? Walk me through that step by step. Sure. So you use the Romart app and on the Romart app, you'd see the different categories and eventually all the retailers on our platform will be there as well. You tap request now, simply tap one button to hail that, that Robomart. And it, it, again, looks very similar to ride hailing services. It shows you a map with the Robomart. It shows you the route. And once it arrives, it'll send you a notification that it's outside. Okay. At that point, you head outside. You slide to unlock the doors through the app. So that's important. The doors are automated. The doors open. And we track everything that comes out of the Robomart in real time. Our proprietary system uses both RFID technology and, and cameras to track what's come out. And when you're done shopping, you just slide to close the doors. It's a full checkout free frictionless experience for consumers. And we then charge your card for what you took and send you a receipt. So Ali, as the customer, am I able to see prior to ordering what the inventory is inside the Robomart? Yes, absolutely. So okay. when you see the different Robomart types, you can just tap on it to see more. And it opens up a pop-up where it shows you the entire inventory on that Robomart in real time. Nice. And so okay. we give consumers that flexibility before hailing it, but they're not creating a basket. They're hailing the, the Robomart and, and they get to shop when it arrives. Sure. That makes sense. And you mentioned that, you know, in, in recent times now, other things that you've been doing with the individual produce itself to make sure that there's more safety measures in place. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you guys have kind of had to pivot that a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, from, from a lot of our, our media videos and, and photos, it might not come across, but um, you know, our SOPs right from the start have, have focused around safety and hygiene of the, of the products. Uh, the first thing I will say is that people don't realize how many cameras are on the Robomart. So we have okay. not only external cameras, um, but internal cameras that are tracking the cubbies and the products in real time. Um, that ensures that we can track to see any spillages, any, any tampering, any issues with the product. Number two, all products are packaged. 
And so they're not loose. Uh, we have packaging and, and uh, even produce is, is within packaging. Uh, and, and so that, that allows consumers to know that, you know, they're, they're not dealing with, with loose product. Uh, number three, we automate the door. So you're not having to grab the handle after 15 people. Um, you know, the doors open automatically and you just grab the products you need. And so, and finally, we have a very detailed SOP uh, on when we restock Robmarts uh, that takes into account hygiene and, and, and safety. So, so we've had that SOP right from the start and that hasn't changed much, but in light of the current pandemic, we're focusing more on communicating, you know, what our procedures are uh, to consumers. Yeah. It, it- the part that fascinated me too when I first heard about it was, you know, it's kind of this concept of on-demand, it's on-demand grocery shopping or on-demand eating. And I, I think the part two is, and I think from your work with, with you know, in the consumer packaged good industry, it, the, the part that really drew me to it, I'd love you to touch on too, is, you know, I'm sitting at home on the weekend, I need some fresh meat for the barbecue, I, you know, I want some, 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 some fruit, maybe some milk, whatever it is, all of that, I can just hit this button, right? And then it just suddenly appears to me when it's time for it to show up in my front doorstep, right? Because that brings still the sensory aspect of retail that people have been a little bit wary that we're just going to go away from that, right? And just going to strictly go to e-commerce, regardless of the fact that you might actually pick the items, right? Which is a whole other complicating factor. But talk about that, how much the sensory aspect of what you're still trying to do with this model plays into it. Yeah, that's a great question, Chris. Honestly, we, you know, the overall experience for grocery delivery hasn't been the greatest and it's mm-hmm. not, I mean, one central part of it is tangibility and mm-hmm. that is a massive problem, mm-hmm. you know, but in 30 years, grocery delivery hasn't taken off. Mm-hmm. And specifically when you talk about on demand, again, this is anecdotal, but during my time at dispatch, mm-hmm. we created an absolutely convenient way to, to get your groceries. You just typed out your entire basket and somebody will go pick it up and deliver it. Mm-hmm. But still consumers didn't want us to do that for them. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about grocery delivery and the entire experience that you have to go through the whole life cycle of an order, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very complicated. You have to download an app. You have to go on that app. You have to find each individual item. You have to remember what you need. You have to, once you get the app in place, you have to then check out, then you get a window. It might not be the window that you were expecting. You wanted Mm -hmm. a one hour window, but you get a two hour window Mm -hmm. or you don't get a window at all as, as, Mm -hmm. as you know, as it might be. Um, And so, people tend to ignore that aspect of it when, when they talk about grocery delivery mm-hmm. and they assume that delivery is so much more convenient than going to the store. Mm-hmm. The reality is that delivery in its, in its form that's existed for 20, 30 years has not been more convenient than going to the store. Mm-hmm. Now, with the store, I can get what I want very quickly mm-hmm. and it's a little bit more hassle. It takes up more time, um, but I get to pick my own goods. Mm-hmm. And so what we want to do at Robmart is give that convenience of being able to get your shopping done when you need it very quickly um, with the added advantage of being able to pick what you need. Yeah. You're allaying some of the psychological costs, so to speak. Right. Like I, so I want to actually pick my ribeye. Like, you know, so I could ask somebody to do that for me. And even if they give me the ribeye versus the T-bone, let's say there's still something psychological about getting to choose, you know, how much fat I want in my ribeye relative to other options. And that's something that still is very, very far, you know, I think from being overcome. Well, let, let's talk to you. Anne. I, I can tell Anne's got a question too. Well, I was just curious, Ollie, can you just identify to the types of products? Cause they know perishables are kind of a core component, 
But after Chris's example too that he was just mentioning, I have to think companies like Mars and Hershey's and all of those people that impulse purchase things are probably knocking down your door too saying, you know, can we put our candy bars and our gum in the side of the Robomart too because they're losing that with grocery delivery in a lot of cases. Can you tell us the products that you're kind of centrally focused on now and then kind of where you're, you're going too? Sure, sure. So we're starting off uh, with perishable groceries. That's the problem we want to solve. Okay. Eventually, we can get into other categories like restaurant food and, and apparel. Uh, but within groceries, we're going to have different Robomart types. The first one is your fresh groceries Robomart, which carries a full perishable selection, produce and dairy and others. Okay. And then uh, because obviously we can't fit everything into, into right. Robomart, <laughs> right. but we do get a pretty full selection when it's okay. specific to a category. Um, the second category is um, uh, refreshments, which, as as per your example, is around snacks, sodas, you know, gums, uh, um, candies, and and gives consumers a pretty full selection within refreshments. Sure. And then the third one is what we call essentials, healthcare essentials. So um, OTC medicines, your you know, diapers, toiletries, and and right. uh, products like that. God, wouldn't that be great? Okay, so <laughs> let's now talk the sexy part. And this is where I think we, um, we Anne and I, and especially the audience can learn a lot from you and then anyone that listens to this on playback. Let's talk the autonomous part of this equation. So that, that's aggressive, that is far reaching, that's looking deep into the future. Why is that such a key element in terms of how you think all this will shape, you know, play out in the future? And then let's kind of rewind that back to present day. But let's start there. Why is that so important? So autonomy is an enabler for us, right? Um, when, you, when you look at what we've built, we've built store hailing as a concept. You know, we've created this new way to shop. And when you think about it, there's only ever been two ways to shop. Uh, you know, you can either physically go to the store or order goods online. And since e-commerce, there has not been a third way to shop. And so we're mm-hmm. creating a new retail channel. Mm-hmm. So that's, to us, more important than the autonomy piece. Mm-hmm. Autonomy is important to bring down the costs mm-hmm. per order mm-hmm. uh, in a, on a long-term basis so that we can match price parity with, with store prices. Mm-hmm. And until then, there may be a premium for the convenience that Robomart provides. Um, but with a fully driverless fleet in the future, um, you know, the cost operating uh, driverless Robomart is, is almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And so you, know, you can understand a fully electric, fully driverless vehicle has so little operating cost that the unit economics are extremely attractive. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that is still our long-term focus in, in uh, getting to that price parity point so that consumers are not paying more than they would uh, uh, in a traditional store. And that's really important for us. When you look at the whole history of, of the grocery sector, the rise of big box supermarkets was all around fundamentally reducing the cost aspect, not so much the convenience aspect, right? You have to drive an hour and a half to a massive big box supermarket. Right. Um, but there have been a lot of disadvantages with that approach, right? Rise in, in pesticides and preservatives, um, you know, less healthy eating, uh, mm-hmm. less frequent eating. So you're mm-hmm. stocking up for a month. And so what, what we want to do long-term, our vision is to recreate the cost advantages of that model, the big box mm-hmm. supermarket model, mm-hmm. but while solving the other issues that came about. So mm-hmm. you get to eat frequently, you get to eat fresh and you get to pick your own goods. And so, mm-hmm. That's the longer term play. And then coming back to present day, and, and uh, this is something that you know, is, is really important for us. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the last month, two months have, have radically altered how a lot of businesses are doing, are doing their work. And, um, you know, we've also uh, shifted our strategy to focus on getting to launch as soon as possible. We've mm-hmm. had a huge amount of inbound interest and we're now accelerating our launch. And so we will have safety drivers inside our first generation roadmarks. And what's interesting there is that, uh, you know, they, consumers don't interact with them. You know, they're going to be wearing protective gear and, and mm-hmm. they're going to stay inside the roadmark. Mm-hmm. And um, we can recreate the same experience for consumers. They can hail the store, they can shop checkout free, they can automate the doors, um, you know, with a driver in the vehicle. And we can do that so that we don't have to wait for regulatory approvals. Mm-hmm. And that enables us to get out sooner to provide this during an essential time. Um, and very quickly, you know, Roadmart has moved from being this play about convenience to being a, a necessity. I think, and that's, that's what I learned from you the most when we were talking, I think a few weeks ago, and that's why I wanted to do this today, because what you just said, I think is really important is autonomous to tomorrow does not necessitate autonomous experimentation today. Like we can start understanding all of the concepts that you're basically evangelizing here, but to do it in a way that's smart, still uses humans, that still lets us work the kinks out. And also, by the way, now's the time to still go down that path, especially with all going on on with COVID and how many people are on the road, to understand if this could actually work down the line. Uh, At that point, I can't emphasize it enough. And again, for those listening to, if you have questions, please submit them here because now's probably a good time to start bringing the audience in to ask Ali further questions about everything that's going on. But Ali, saying that I think is easier said than done too. So how have you, had, especially right now, how have you guys had to pivot what you're doing? How have you had to change how you're working together to kind of create this first stage experiment to show the entire retail industry that, hey, this is a way things can be done. And over time, it's going to become very cost effective. So let's start investing in it now. How have you guys had to go about doing that work? So, you know, that's something that we've, we've been planning for a long time. And that's mm-hmm. an approach that, that, you know, didn't come over overnight, but the current pandemic has accelerated our, our plans to launch. And so what we realized really early on is that, you know, when, you, when you're a delivery vehicle, if let's say you're a delivery robot, that's either on the sidewalk or on the road, um, and your entire purpose, your proposition to retailers is, we will automate the driver away to save you cost, labor cost. That's it right? You then have to automate the driver away. Otherwise it doesn't make sense. You right. do a few tests, a few pilots, you know, what can you show? Mm-hmm. What we're, what our proposition is with Roadmart is that we create additional revenue stream, mm-hmm. not just cost saving. Mm-hmm. And so we can afford to start with safety drivers in a vehicle. Our unit economics work, as I mentioned earlier, because we can do significantly more orders an hour than a delivery vehicle or a robot. Um, and so even the unit economics of, of having uh, people on the payroll, at least in the, in the short term, uh, is still profitable for us. And so that's something that we realized early on and has, has influenced our strategy to, to quite a degree. Mm-hmm. And it's safer too, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you're not forcing people through, you know, it's a bottleneck with as many people, which still, you know, continues to be a pressing issue. How have you guys rallied the team around all the engineering work that's required for that? Especially given, I think you told me you're in Dallas, you guys are based in California. How, how are you having to work differently on that regard to make it all happen? So as you can imagine, the last few weeks are, have been challenging, um, you know, in, in shelter in place and, and uh, not being able to travel as freely as, as I'd like. Um, but a lot of our work um, had been done 
in, in the past, we've been, we've been, you know, hustling um, for, for quite a while now on, on our first gen road marts as well as our driverless vehicles. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of testing that we've already taken, taken into account. Um, and so with, with our strategy over the last month has been to accelerate our launch. Uh, I'm going to be getting back to, to California pretty soon, um, you know, in, in a week or so. And, and then immediately we're going to be pushing towards getting Roadmarts live in LA. So that's our first launch market. And, uh, you know, consumers can sign up on our website right now. We've had a huge influx of interest uh, over the last um, few months. And, um, and yeah, we continue to push. And so it has been challenging kind of coordinating everything, but that's been a great learning in itself, I'd say. Yeah, that is great. There's been some some legislation too, specifically to California, that's kind of allowing the more rapid um, opening of this kind of testing. What do you think in terms of like when when this can start to roll out, or when we'll start to see this uh, the autonomous uh, delivery and you know somebody with a or a, a vehicle with a person inside? Where do you kind of see that phasing out or rolling out throughout the rest of the country? I mean, that's a great question, and you know with with us, you know, we've had so many conversations with, with uh, regulatory stakeholders. So we have a good sense, um, at least uh, for, for Robmart, you know, what that timeline looks like. And uh, keep in mind, our first gen Robmarts will have the entire sensor stack and we're gathering all the data and, and uh, allows us to push forward. Um, and so the way that, that we expect regulatory bodies and stakeholders to come on board, um, it may shift drastically because of, of the current pandemic. And, and, you know, initially our thoughts were it's going to be a few years out mm-hmm. before we can start seeing uh, mass approvals. There are some states that uh, have been very receptive to fully driverless vehicles. I mean, there are two, two types of vehicles here. One is a retrofitted vehicle that um, a lot of companies use in the space. So they don't build a custom vehicle. They just use an off-the-shelf car or van or truck and, and they, they kit it out with their sensor stack. And so for those vehicles, there are states that allow deployments today and testing right. um, Texas as one, um, Arizona as another, um, California is working towards, towards um, you know, they've been working uh, to, to allow for testing of, of uh, safety driver led vehicles. And then there's a secondary type of vehicle that there aren't a huge number of companies that are working on that are fully customized, fully custom built driverless vehicles. Okay. And they're just a handful of companies and we're one of them. And for those vehicles, there are a number of steps that you have to go through. You know, there's never any humans inside one of our driverless road marks. not a driver, not a passenger. And so there are additional steps that we have to take to ensure the safety of those vehicles um, with NHTSA, number one, to get an exemption uh, for things like side view mirrors and seat belts. Um, and, and that recently they've granted one exception for that. And so that's definitely going to, going to accelerate. Um, and then, and then, yeah. And then at the state level, local level, there are permissions that, that will be coming out. So we still expect it will take uh, time, you know, in the next few years before we can see widespread adoption across the U S. And once you get to that more widespread adoption, Ali, or even now really, who are the people that are calling you? Who are the people that want to start working with you? Can you share like the types of industries that have you know come across your table or or that kind of thing beyond just the produce and where you kind of see the company going? Yeah, absolutely. So we've had over 160 
retailers or supermarkets approach us from across the world, um, all the way from you know the top five, 10 supermarket chains, all the way down to small mom and pop shops. Um, and then beyond uh, you know supermarkets, we've had considerable interest from the CPG brands, FMCG brands, um, and and you know they they see potential in creating this direct to consumer channel that we've that we've built and leveraging that. Um, and then also very surprisingly to us, um, some of the largest apparel manufacturers and <laughs> other industries like tools and and uh, you know so so. The appeal has been, uh, and also uh, restaurants as well have approached us. And so the appeal has been more than just produce. And a lot of people see our imagery and they think that this is somehow restricted, but store hailing is not specific to, to produce. That's our starting point. And eventually store hailing is creating this new category, just like e-commerce did. Um, and it allows many different industries and categories to join our platform. Have you seen, Ali, have you seen, I'm just curious too, have you seen any interest from local governments at this point in time? Like, I, I, I almost think you could provide this type of thing as a public good where, you know, you use the current infrastructure, go to that store, pick up what you want on behalf of the community, you know, have multiple uh, ideas like this running at any given time just to try to experiment and see what's going on, um, especially for certain types of the community. Um, where, where is that, where have those conversations been, if at all, right now? Yeah, I mean, that, that's something that we have had. We've had interest from a number of, of regulatory stakeholders and government entities that have approached us. Um, and what's interesting about those conversations is that, you know, it's, it's about exactly as you said, it's about improving accessibility. Right. right? You know, one of our mission and our mission at Roadmart is to create the most accessible and immediate way to shop. So one central part of that mission is accessibility. And so... Uh, you know, we continue to work with them to try and figure out how we can, uh, you know, better serve certain communities, disadvantaged communities, especially during a time like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, you know, instead of trying to uh, uh, go as, as wide as possible, as quickly as possible, we want to focus and make sure that we can get to launch and then scale up rapidly um, as demand comes in. And so, so that's the approach that we're taking. Sure. Uh, but we will definitely prioritize those discussions as well. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I think I was actually just curious more so just out of interest to see, you know, where different community leaders' mindsets uh, potentially could be. Um, so, yeah, no, that's that's good to hear. It's good to hear that people are at least engaging in those conversations. But, yeah, strategy-wise, that seems like a really, really, really smart move. All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's open up. Let's. Uh, I think it's been a great discussion. Let's open up uh, the conversation now live. So, if anyone out there has a question, uh, you know, we'd love to take it. We've, again, Ali Ahmed, CEO and co-founder of uh, Robomart. Ali, this might be proprietary, so you don't have to answer this question. But while we're waiting, if say a a retailer, a grocery retailer was going to partner with you. Is it a robo? Is it still a RoboMart application that they'd be going through to hail these stores, or do you see that kind of integrating within the the retailer's uh, app itself? So our business model from 2017 until now has been about uh, giving retailers a platform. Okay, and so. Our business model is to, is to license Roadmarts to, to, to retailers. They get their branding on the Roadmarts uh, and they, um, they're able to sell their product through our channel. Okay. And so they get to leverage and, and get the advantages and benefits of, of store hailing. Uh, but we own the, uh, so, so consumers use the Roadmart app. 
to, okay. to Halo Store. And so that is the platform approach. And, and, and um, you know, we, we can work with retailers in different ways, but that's the basic idea. The premise is that consumers use the Walmart app to hail a store and the stores themselves uh, are, are licensed by retailers. So it's similar to, you know, the ride hailing delivery services right now where you still have that one central space, which is actually, I think, better because you have visibility to all of the stores that are available to you to come to you. Um, and that's kind of how you'd, you'd go through that process. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. That's a good question. And yeah, so it's very similar to like how you'd hail an Instacart or a ship driver. You're just kind of going through that same type of consumer experience. It makes it easier, definitely from a consumer adoption perspective. Mm-hmm. Good, good to know. Good to know. Um, all right. Well, again, last, if you guys have any questions, please submit them to Ali now. Now's the time while he's here live with us on OmniTalk. Ali, what's, what's, uh, what's on deck for you guys? You said that you have some announcements coming up, but uh, what are you excited about in the next year? I'm most excited about launching Roadmarts. And so <laughs> you know, that is where our entire Except. focus is right now. Yeah. You know, we're really accelerating our launch and we're pushing hard. And so, um, you know, I'd love to, to, to get, get on a call with you guys and, and maybe share once, uh, once we're live and, and yeah, have a follow-up conversation. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I think, yeah, again, I think to everyone listening and to everyone, you know, listening live and everyone listening at home, I think it's an important conversation just to continue to keep top of mind because it is potentially a safer way for shop. It's a new way for people to shop. But as I've been saying for a while now, COVID-19 is like the unstoppable force against what was the immovable object of habit. And that is all now changing. Um, And with everything that's going on in terms of food supply chain and where things are constricted, you know, being, to have, being able to have this type of outlet to make sure the right people are getting the right types of food that they need in the safest uh, way possible, you know, I think is pretty important as we go forward. So, um, oh, we've got a question here. Let's um, come. So question, Ali, it'd be nice to look at the uh, business model from a logistics perspective I'm, and especially the importance of being around customers. Um, do you want to touch on that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great question. Thanks for, for sending it. Um, our, our model is, is to the, the way we do it is that uh, we allocate a local store. One of our retail partners would allocate a local store as a replenishment center for Roadmarts. Roadmarts would then be assigned to that store and we create an operating zone around that area. So our Roadmarts, even first gen and driverless will never be uh, going outside of that zone and they won't be driving on highways for very long periods of time. That allows us to ensure, you know, quick response time and, and short engagements. Um, and at the same time, we, we give retailers a, a, an application that gives their staff real-time notifications. So they know in advance of the Roadmart coming back to restock, what's in the Roadmart, what they need to restock, and it can be almost like a pit stop in and out and back onto, in, into neighborhoods to serve consumers. Yeah. And that's more, I think the other point too there that we haven't talked about is but much better for the in-store experience instead of having, you know, customers inside that store with, you know, what's now becoming tens, if not hundreds of shipped and Instacart drivers, which in the long run, even after COVID doesn't make for a great grocery experience. And we've talked about that a lot, how that model becomes challenging. Now you've got a consolidated pickup point for that Robo- RoboMart to refill, 
bring everything back out, you know, one human touch point to make that most likely one human touch point to make that all happen at the store location too. I think that's a, that's a really good point. And it keeps the integrity of the actual physical grocery store experience for those who still want it as well. Um, great. Absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. Any other questions to close us out? All right. Awesome. Well, Ali, thank you so much for joining us today. It's always an incredible pleasure to talk to you. Um, thanks for going over everything with us again in terms of RoboMart Robo and especially in terms of how autonomous uh, grocery delivery could impact the future uh, in light of everything that's happening with COVID-19. Ali, if people were listening to this live or are listening to it back home, uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? So um, easiest way is Ali at RoboMart.co. Um, they can feel free to drop me an email. And uh, our website is robomart.co.co and they can learn more about Robomart. They can sign up if they um, are in our launch market. Uh, and if not, we can then let them know when we're going to enter into their market. So yeah, they can go to our website or they can drop me an email directly. Awesome. Awesome. Perfect. And again, thank you so much, Ali Ahmed, CEO and co-founder of Robomart. For everyone listening live and everyone listening at home, as always, be careful out there.